if the gospel is as good as we say it is, that it like transforms our lives, washes away our sin, washes away our past, cleanses our conscience, gives us a brand new start with the creator that created us. And if it really is that good to us, why would somebody ever have to convince me to share it? What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Questions with Caden. I'm your host, Caden Fabrizio, and I'm so, so, so happy you clicked on this podcast. Essentially, what this podcast is, is every single episode, we ask one question, and we do our best to break down that question as biblically and as relevantly as possible to give you an answer that hopefully propels you into a deeper and more intimate relationship with Jesus. I'm so excited for today's conversation. We've got a conversation centered around sharing the gospel with one of my best friends, um, but before we jump into that conversation, I do want to let you know there are some options to partner with the podcast financially. You can go to anchor.fm slash questions with Caden. There's 99 cent options, 499 options, and 999 options. Um, and essentially what that means when you decide to partner with the podcast is that you believe in what God is doing in unison with this podcast. You believe in how it's reaching people and how it's encouraging people and sharing the message and hope of Jesus. And if you're interested in doing that, um, you can go ahead and click those links and partner alongside the podcast in helping push this vision and sustainability forward of the podcast. Obviously, the podcast is always going to be free, and um, we're never going to charge you for it. But getting some financial backing allows for us to step into new things and sustain the podcast in new ways, potentially even add one or two podcasts a month. So if you're one of those people that's like, hey, I love that we do two podcasts a month, but I'd love more, that's a way that we could potentially start seeing more episodes coming out. Um, but today's conversation is very, very, very exciting to me. I have one of my best friends, genuinely best friend on the podcast. I talk to this guy every single day. We got pastor, world-renowned preacher, Dylan Long on the podcast. He's preached around the world, sharing the gospel with thousands of people in stadiums in Germany, in Europe, in, across America. Um, and he's one of the best communicators I know. But I didn't just ask him to come on the podcast because of how he communicates this message. I had him come on this podcast because of how he lives this message. Dylan is one of those guys that genuinely carries a revelation about how to share the gospel message of Jesus with people on the street, with strangers, and with friends. He makes me better every time I'm with him. He encourages me daily to do it more. And he's given me revelation on how to share the gospel with strangers and friends and in my everyday life. I'm very excited for you guys to hear this podcast and hear this episode. Obviously, we filmed it a bit ago. I'm in different clothes right now filming the intro, but um, we only did that because it worked best for our schedules, and then we had some other podcasts to post. So I'm very excited. I've been excited about this podcast for months, um, and I really can't wait for you to give it a listen. I love you guys, so let's jump right in. Oh, it's a big day on QWC. What up, Dill? QWC could be the biggest day. It is, it, it is the biggest day because maybe one of my favorite people in the world is on the podcast today. Are you talking about yourself or me? Oh, me. Are you? Okay, cool. Well, yeah, it's yeah. good to be on with one of my favorite people. I love you, bro. <laughs> it's a privilege to be on with you. I love you, bro. I am so excited for today's podcast. I know just from doing life with you and having you as one of my closest friends that every time I'm with you, I'm encouraged, I'm inspired, I catch new revelation, uh, I catch kingdom wisdom, and I know that every single listener is about to do the same with you, so thank you for coming on, dude, for real. Thank you so much, bro. Your your friendship was definitely an answer to prayer for me, and I know that this podcast was an answer to prayer for so many people. So 
it's a privilege. You're one of my favorite people, one of my favorite people to listen to and glean from. And I'm thankful for you in my life and what the Lord's doing through you. It's a privilege to run with you, be in your corner. Bro, same. You know that for real. But anyway, let's uh, stop let's stop hitting on each other and let's get, let's get into this I'm podcast. A, yeah. I must started crying. I, I know. I, I got emotional there, dude. I was like, usually I save the emotional things for the end of the podcast, but when you got one of your besties on, dude, you just got to open up and let them know. I have to. Sometimes yeah. my eyes start sweating when I get emotional. It's a, <laughs> it, it, it. it is. It's just, it's hot in this room. I'm not crying. Yeah. It's, it's just, sweating. It's just warm. My eyes yeah. sweating. Yo, listeners, I'm so excited for today's episode. We have a great question. Um, how do I tell people about Jesus? And you probably read that as you clicked on this episode. And um, this may be a question that you've had for a long time as you are on your own faith journey, figuring out um, how you step into boldness to share your faith with people in your workplace, um, at your school, um, in your family, with your friends. And this, is, I know, is a big question because it's a question for a long time I had. And it's a question that a lot of people ask me. And there's only one person in the world, and I can genuinely say that, one person in the world that I knew could answer this question because he lives it, and that's Dylan. Um, every time we're together, he is sharing the gospel relentlessly with people we pass by, with our Uber drivers. The amount of awkward Uber drives we've been in because Dylan just wants to share the gospel. Is, right. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just it's the only un- way to do an Uber drive. Only way, dude. If you're not getting your Uber driver saved, you're not a Christian. So it's. Uh, I knew that we had to get this guy on the podcast, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited because this is a podcast that we've never done before. Um, typically we have it planned out a bit. We have some guiding questions and obviously we give room for Holy spirit to do what he does, but we always have some type of guide. But today Dylan and I were like, let's just read some scripture and let's just let Holy spirit lead. And let's just share out of our own experiences, our own intimacy with Jesus. Um, and let's see what God pulls out of us today. So let's read the foundational scriptures. We'll pray, and then we'll just get talking. How's that sound? Come on. I love that. Let's go. All righty. We got two today. Matthew twenty four fourteen says, And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world, so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. And Romans ten thirteen through 15 says, For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. And I believe that we have a call in every single one of our lives to be the the beautiful messengers who bring the good news. And um, I'm excited to get into that today. Dylan, do you want to pray for the podcast? Um, I love that. Lord, we love you so much. Holy Spirit, we thank you that um, you are here right now. You are with us and you're with every listener right now. And we ask that you would just be so present, Holy Spirit, that you would lead us and guide us into all truth like you promised, um, that you'd reveal the truth to us there and that we would end this podcast being changed um, because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, just to clarify too, Dylan is not Australian. That accent is South African. That's yeah. a fact. Yeah. Mistaken I, by many. Mistaken by many and potentially my fault. <laughs> One of the many reasons. Caden Fabrizio is a thorn in my flesh, but I'm thankful for it because he's refining me. Dylan's prayed me away, but every time God says his grace is sufficient <laughs> for this friendship. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, yo, I think it, it's funny because um, every, usually Dylan, how we do this podcast is we ask one big question 
And then typically throughout the podcast, we ask smaller questions that help us break down the big question. And I didn't write down any other questions to ask. And then when we were reading Romans 10, 13 through 15, I realized he asks one, two, three, four questions in that verse. And I said, I think maybe today we can break down these questions, starting with the top. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And today we're asking that when we're asking the question, how can I tell people about Jesus? How do I do it? It comes out of a desire to, to let people step into the kingdom of God and, and be saved. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, yeah, I was going to say, that's so good. It's like, he's kind of saying there, like, why do we do this? How is somebody going to be saved unless we preach, right? And I know yeah. like, a lot of times you can fall into that perspective of like, I'll pray for my next door neighbor or I'll pray for my family member or the stranger on the street from a distance, which, which is a beautiful thing in itself. But in Genesis chapter one, Jesus gives dominion over the earth to mankind. And then he even tells us to share the gospel. So the way he's saying there is how they're going to hear unless we preach it's because it's actually on you and I as believers that he's, we are Jesus' hands and feet on the earth. So he's like, how are people going to know about me unless you share that so that's kind of the premise there is like hey they aren't going to know unless you share the gospel with them yeah totally there's there's always going to be a why to why we're doing things right there's got to be a why behind the things that we're doing and if you don't have any revelation or desire or why behind sharing the gospel you're simply not going to do it like if yeah you finished sorry I don't want to cut you off I'm just excited no no no, you're you're good thanks for interrupting me Um, (laughs) (laughs) he keeps going yeah, yeah, it's like, thanks for interrupting me. It just demeans you and then keeps moving. Like, if there's no why, then there's no power behind what we do. There's no, we're, we we have no revelation. We have no desire. We have no interest. Um, it's because potentially we have no why. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's always confused me to some degree when someone will come up to me, for instance, and I'm sure this happens to like a lot of leaders and try to convince me that they aren't called to share the gospel or they aren't called yeah. to evangelize. It's very like counterintuitive to me because if I said to somebody listening to this, hey, I have this like hack where I can show you how to make like millions of money overnight, like millions. You can be set for the rest of your life and it's a hack. It's a two-step program. And I was like, you can tell as many people as you want. They wouldn't be afraid to tell anyone because it's such good news. Like, why would I not want to share that with family members and friends? So to me, it already shows that there needs to be a perspective change when sharing the gospel becomes a burden. I'm like, let's stop there. Like, why would... If the gospel is as good as we say it is, that like transforms our lives, washes away our sin, washes away our past, cleanses our conscience, gives us a brand new start with the creator that created us. And if it really is that good to us, why would somebody ever have to convince me to share it? Yeah, it's good. And that's why I think like the why behind of like take away for a second the excuses. And I think even for me, like it's times where I try to be honest with myself, like why right now don't I want to share the gospel? To me, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. If I'm not wanting to share this God that transformed my life with somebody else, I'm going back to the why. And I'm like, what is off with my walk with the Lord that right now I feel it's a burden to share the best news ever with somebody else? Yeah. Yeah. I think that a part of it too is like, are we truly believing it's the best news ever? Like, are you truly walking in, in a faith and walking with an intimacy with the Lord and an awareness of the Holy Spirit where you've experienced transformation in your life. Like it's hard to, if you never experienced yourself, it's hard to give it to somebody else and to like piggyback off what Dylan, you were saying, like if you had a two step method to make everyone a millionaire, 
you would share it. And something exactly. I always say is like, and this hits different now that we lived through a pandemic, but if there was a, you had a cure, if you had a solve to something in the world, if you could have cured COVID-19 when it broke out in 2020, you would have told everybody. You would have, you would have been so excited. You couldn't have been, you couldn't have been shut up if you were going to share this cure. And we have a cure. His name is Jesus and he can cure the hopelessness, the sickness of the world and give us the freedom and fullness that we so desire as humans. But if we don't carry a revelation of that, then we don't share. We don't have a why. Exactly. And it's like scripture says, we love because he first loved us. Right. So I'm like, exactly what you're saying. If if sharing the gospel is a burden, our perspective has to change. Totally. So to me, it's like, it should be the greatest privilege on earth. Like I'm not interrupting or inconveniencing somebody's day. I'm offering them the best news they could ever hear. That is and so that's good. genuinely how I see it. And it's like, if I walked up to someone and I was like, hey, here's the two steps to becoming a millionaire. If they rejected it and were like, hey, I don't want your two steps. You're an idiot. I don't walk away and like, I'm never sharing my two steps with anyone again. Wow. I'm not called to share the two steps. God <laughs> didn't make me bold. I don't want to share the two steps. What would we do? My heart would break and be like, they just missed the greatest opportunity they could have ever received. Wow. And that's heartbreaking to me. Now they'll live in poverty potentially for the rest of their life because they didn't see how good what I was offering them was. So I'm that's not offended, insane. hurt, or anything. My heart breaks for them because of what they missed out on. And how wow. much greater is salvation than being a millionaire where if somebody rejects me, they aren't rejecting me. I'm not trying to sell myself. Mm-mm. So I'm trying to give them him. And when they reject him, my heart breaks for them, not because of them. Wow. That perspective is unbelievable. Maybe the best one I've ever heard in terms of how to share the gospel and the impact of sharing the gospel. Because I think a lot of the times when we go to share the gospel, and maybe this is true for you if you're a listener today, it's it could be scary for you to walk up to somebody that you feel like the Holy Spirit just said, hey, go tell them about me. Go ask if they need prayer. They have pain in their left hip. Go ask them if they do. And what you're thinking when you're walking up is I'm going to look stupid or this might, this is going to make me look weird or they might reject me because the problem is I think our lens is too much on ourselves when we're in those, when God puts us in those positions, like God isn't saying go and reflect yourself. He's saying, go and reflect me. Like, don't go share your revelation. Go share mine, you know, go share the, the message of me, of Jesus, and like Dylan was saying, you carry that different that different perspective where it's not a burden, but it's an opportunity for somebody to step into a life that they were made to have. Then you might carry a different perspective when you go to do it. You might be like, no, they need this. Like, if not me, then who? Exactly. And that, that's exactly it. And I mean, of course, for people listening, like there's the journey because we are like our minds are almost conditioned by the will to be so consumed by people's opinions of us. So we are so afraid we're walking in Target or Trader Joe's and we feel that nudging to speak to somebody, we are really afraid in that moment. And I'd never say like, oh, you aren't struggling with fear. Like obviously that fear comes up within us. But the reality is I think we've made, we and the enemy, I think has played a partner of making this seem like a bigger deal than it is. Like if we step out for a second, if that individual in Target that you feel led to speak to, um, ends the conversation being super upset at you. Let's say worst case, like they're super upset, they're annoyed at you. Your life doesn't change at all. (laughs) Yeah. Like you go home to your family and your friends and your school and your church and your life, they they aren't your best friend. No. 
you'll probably never see them again. You'll probably never speak to them again. But yeah. in our mind, it's like, what if it goes wrong? My question to you is, what if it goes wrong? Yeah. And, and here's another really like practical piece of advice. Every rejection asks you this question. Where do I find my worth? In people or in him? Wow. Yeah. And that's super practical because in the beginning, I'd be hurt by rejection. But then my trigger changed from being like, I'm rejected. Now, when I get rejected, I start thanking him for his love. And now every mm. rejection is an invitation into a deeper understanding of his love for me. Wow. So I'd invite you on that journey. When you get rejected, make a choice. God, thank you that you love me. Now rejection makes me smile because it's a trigger for reminding myself of how much God loves me. That's super practical for people listening. That's, that's huge. That is huge. And then potentially so freeing for people in ministry or sharing the gospel. Right now, somehow we've fallen in this like category of sharing the gospel with strangers, like is what we're in right now. So let's just stay in it for a bit. What are some tips, Dill, you'd give some people practically and then also spiritually to allow them to step into um, boldness in this area? Because I've seen, I'm just going to use Dylan as an example, because the best example you can see is someone that lives it. And this is Dylan. And one time we're in, we're in, um, we're in Dallas, we're in Dallas, Texas, eating at a Mexican food restaurant with friends and we have a waiter and the waiter was annoying, was, was pretty annoying. Like this waiter was annoying, like most of us at the table and, um, Dylan at the end of our, our end of our dinner, by the time he was done was asking this guy if he needed prayer prayed over this guy's back who was in back pain and this dude got healed and they began to tell us a story about his walk with Christ, um, about his journey, about his, his family, his ups and downs. We were able to give him a church to go to all because Dylan stepped out in faith towards the annoying waiter. So Dylan, what are some tips like in that instance, what are the things going through your mind? What's the Holy Spirit telling you? Um, how are you aware of Holy Spirit in those moments, even when some other stuff is going on? We're at dinner with friends where it's dude's kind of annoying. Like what, how did you, how did you do that? Let's give some tips to the listeners. Yeah, I think that's a great question. That was a great night. Um, yeah, it was. the mood at the, at the table changed very quickly. Once he got healed, everyone, <laughs> it changed. It was amazing. Great night. I'm going to say, um, I'm just going to go one of us and I'm not going to say who it was. Attitudes shifted quickly. Yeah. Somebody was not pleased, but after <laughs> after we started sharing the gospel, some joy came back. But joy came back. Um, it's a good reminder for someone at that table. <laughs> exactly. I think, I mean, it's a great question. Firstly, I would say this. Overcoming the fear of man is a journey. I don't want to make it sound like anyone on you. So like good. you listen to this podcast, you walk out, and you're unafraid of people. Like for me, yeah. it was like, I made a decision early on. Okay, I'm going to share the gospel with one person every day for a while. For like, I think six months to a year. I did that. And it took probably a month to two months until I could actually have a conversation with someone. The first few months were really awkward. Just, Hey, Jesus loves you and me walking away. <laughs> and you might be like, that's not very important, but it's hugely important because over time I'm breaking off the fear of man. And yeah. once that's off, now I can engage in conversation. So my first practical point would be start the journey of overcoming the fear of man. Um, another thing. And once the fear of man's out of your life, that's when you can really be yourself in general. I'm a very, direct linear communicator i don't like to talk about small like insignificant things so i'm not like hey those are cool shoes your shoes okay an hour later hey by the way jesus loves you. that's not my style even though i'm not yeah. against that i'm very much like hey jesus loves you so much so he knows why i'm talking to him because i feel a bit like i feel a bit strange after an hour switching up and the guy's like wait is that why you're talking to me for an hour just for yeah. me like that can feel a bit strange yeah so that's why i'm like hey jesus loves you they know why i'm talking to them and 
success for me isn't seeing somebody born again. That's not success. Uh, that's obviously the goal. But success is it does the person feel loved. So wow. I'm going to share with them, and then often I'll share my story. Because um, regardless of what we've been through, regardless of what sin, whether you grew up in the church or whether you were like a drug addict on the streets, all sin leads to condemnation. So I'll kind of share my story about how I was drinking, maybe messing around with girls, and I'd wake up with emptiness every day. Now. You might have had a very different story, but you know what it's like to wake up empty because we've all mm. been there. Yeah. So I'll kind of share that. I know that they're relating to my story. I'm like when I met Jesus, he was that the whole time I'd been looking at different things from like coming to that void. When I met him, he was the only thing that actually took away that void, fulfilled that void. So I'll kind of share with them. Um, another super practical thing is the Holy Spirit's the best evangelist and he's on our side and he. He wants to so, see them saved more than we want to see them saved. So yeah. that waiter that day, I got a word of knowledge that he had back pain. I was like, hey, this is a really weird question. Do you have back pain? Now, that can obviously go multiple ways. But again, it's not as big of a deal as we've made it. Like, if it's wrong, he's just confused. If it's <laughs> right, it's amazing. Totally. So I get words of knowledge wrong all the time. Hey, this is a random question. Do you have pain in your left shoulder in Trader Joe's? No. Okay. Well, I'm learning to hear God's voice, and I was going to offer you prayer for healing. Need healing anywhere else in your body most of the time they're so intrigued they'll say yes wow but in our minds like if we get it wrong it's like the end of the world it's like totally. not really yeah um so there's there's a couple like practical points just start the journey be led by the spirit um don't like i'll offer a prayer for somebody and they'll be like i don't believe in god I'm like okay i didn't ask if you believed in god i asked if i could pray for you yeah um i don't need them to believe because Otherwise, how did Lazarus get raised from the dead? Jesus didn't totally. need him to believe to see the miracle. So yeah. my favorite thing is when atheists get healed or encounter God because the God so they don't good. believe in just healed them. But yeah, yeah, here's a couple like practical tips. Absolutely. Dude, those are so good. I, I think, too, they boil down to just a level of obedience, too. Like a level of like, ah, God's telling me to do this and I'm just going to do this. And maybe they don't have maybe they don't have pain in their left shoulder and maybe God was just like, I just wanted to see if you'd be obedient, you know, like, and I think when you are stepping out, like Dylan said, you're conquering your fear of man. Like you're putting a lot of trust in God when you're saying like, I'm just going to step out and tell people about you and not be afraid. And I'm just going to send it and we'll see what happens. And if it's awkward, it's awkward. But what you're doing is you're saying like, I'm going to put uh, my comfort aside and I'm going to pick up my calling and I'm going to look to Jesus and I'm going to say like, this is what you commissioned us to do. Like, this is why you left us the Holy Spirit as our helper. Like, this is why this is why I'm saved is to tell other people about you. You know, it's like, it's, it's so important. It got me thinking too, when you're talking, like, there's so many different ways that people can go about doing this. And from Dylan's approach to the guy on the street corner with a boom box and a microphone screaming at people, you know, like, mm -hmm. that they're going to burn in hell. But like Dylan and I are on the same page where it's like, you know, Jesus' kindness leads to repentance. Yeah. And when you approach someone with love and kindness in general, like like Dylan said, the 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 meter of success is not is not sanctification in this person, it's not salvation in this moment. It's the fact that you simply shared the gospel, you planted a seed and you're allowing Holy Spirit to water that from that, that point on. And you can plant seed with the way you love and how kind you are and with your approach to people. And like Dylan said, sometimes it's as simple as like, hey, can I just pray for you? The other day I was in a coffee shop and there was this girl that I took my order and the Holy Spirit told me to pray for her. And he didn't tell me like, it didn't tell me like, hey, tell her about me, do anything. He just said simply pray for her. She needs prayer. Ask her if she needs prayer. 
So I just I just prayed for her, and I you know I talked to her, and then I left. Like it was just, it's simply just stepping out in obedience and going like, all right, I'm going to do the first step. I'm going to be the beautiful messenger, and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit take the rest. Yeah. And that takes a lot of pressure off of yourself by going like, one, I'm not your savior, and two, I'm not carrying your salvation. Like I'm just giving you a message, and I'm letting the Holy Spirit implement and and really probe that message into your heart. Exactly. And I mean, he'll do so much without like tiny seed. That's the reality. Yeah. Like he wants to see them born again more than, more than um, we do, certainly. So to me, it's like, if I can just sow that little seed, I never know what's going on in somebody's life. I never know what that tiny seed would mean. And that's why we just got to keep doing it. Like the other day I was leaving a drive through and there's a guy on the side of the street and I'm on FaceTime with somebody and I like roll the window down. I just feel this overwhelming compassion. I'm just like, hey, bro, Jesus loves you so much. Like, what can I pray for you for? And he's like, everything. Everything's falling apart. And it's like, we don't know how much that could mean to him. Like a 10, 15 second prayer and then I drive off. But like, who knows what that could mean to him? Just that encouragement. You never know what's going on inside somebody's life. Yeah. You never know the confirmation that you can bring to somebody too. Like, yeah, I, I wonder if that guy was struggling with everything and also doubting God. And yeah, then... Cool. And then Dylan stepped out and said, hey, I'm here to offer prayer. And he was the confirmation he needed. And I know of people that have like gone and stopped a guy and the guy's going to like commit suicide or whatever. And there's these moments where you can literally intervene in somebody's life. But for me, it's trusting that because I've said Jesus loves you to one person. And they've been like, bro, you're the third person there to tell me how can I get my life right with God? Wow. Which is an incredible story. But we often don't think about the two other people. Like their yeah. rejection led to that salvation. So totally. to me, that's why we have to give up success as being born again. And the success is so obedience good. and love and let God be the one who waters and harvests. Yeah. And if we can give that up, like you telling your beliefs that Jesus loves you could lead to salvation two, three, four weeks from now. Totally. Like we have to give up. We have to see the big picture. Always. No, no, no. You just focus on today and let him take care of the big picture. Yeah. I mean, we're in the business of planting seeds, you know, and so we're going to yeah. plant those seeds and believe that the Holy Spirit waters them. And, um, yeah, it's so, it's so, so important. I had a thought and I just totally forgot it. So we'll move on. I'm sure I'll get back to it. I'll think of it. Let's switch gears a bit and let's talk maybe about, we talked about addressing, uh, Oh, I just thought of it. Let's go. Come let's on. Go. It's a big hey, day. it's a big day, man. We got Dylan Long on the podcast. Yo, I was going to say, um, I posted something on Instagram a bit ago, a long time ago, actually. And it, and I said a simple thing that, Jesus loves you is potentially the greatest revelation in the kingdom of God. And that's simple, but I think by telling people Jesus loves you, you're breaking down walls on on hearts. You're breaking Mm -hmm. down preconceived notions and you're giving the message of Jesus very simple for someone to chew on, to process, to think about for a long time. I've seen the effect of, Hey man, Jesus loves you. And how that like just, like speared their heart. I've been with Dylan when he's told an Uber driver, Hey man, Jesus loves you. And you could see it just shake him. And it's, it's the, the simplest things that God can use to impact someone's life. Okay. That was true. That's so good, bro. I love that. You (laughs) did such a good job of that too, bro. You do too, man. You inspire me all the time to be better and more bold and, um, yeah, and just listen and be more aware of how Holy Spirit wants to use me when I'm in a coffee shop, you know? And so um, so we talked about a little bit just addressing strangers and walking up yeah. to random people and your baristas and, you know, gas station attendants, you know, and just all that stuff. 
But let's talk about like friends. Let's talk about sharing the gospel with uh, people who are around every day, coworkers, family members, friends, um, or people that we're building relationship with that know us. Uh, what are some of your, your tips inside, Dill, for that? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great question. That's definitely somewhere that um, I'm growing in and I, totally. I find quite difficult at times because I'm so involved in church and ministry. I, I have to make a, a very, like, I have to make a choice to be around non-believers because, again, as believers, we call to be in darkness and there's no yeah. way out of that regardless of our professions. I'm, I'm constantly going, how can I get around people who aren't believing what I believe or, like, walking the same journeys and obviously keeping my community believers but how am i being in darkness but i think when it comes to people that you're doing life with per se it's much more important to live out the gospel like we have to be living out and walking this out and i think a lot of times the world are like church are hypocrites i'm like there's a big level of truth to that at times so i think for me it's like the people i'm around is my character aligning with who i'm saying that i am am i walking this out am i loving people am i caring for people yeah. So I'll say that's arguably the most support people are watching you. People are, are watching your every move, whether you realize or not. I've got to see this um, being more local recently, even just in day-to-day life, whether it's like at the gym um, or like working out or wherever you are, like just building those relationships over time. And then when the opportunity presents itself, inviting them to church or sharing the gospel with them. So it's a little bit different of a journey. I think you can be just as bold, of course, and step out, but you are going to see them again. So it's important to like build relationship. And um, so, yeah, so I'd say again, making sure that there's no fear of man, because often we can fall into that too. People will fall into the context of like it's relational. I'm waiting six months, 12 months, a year, like whatever it is, two years. And it's like, no, just be aware of the Holy Spirit on when the time is, um to share with them and be normal that's that's the thing that i realized is sometimes we struggle to be normal as christians like <laughs> i'll be talking to a guy and he's like i remember this i'll never forget this conversation because it brought me joy at some level um i was talking to a guy and he was like wait so like as a pastor like you don't masturbate and i was like like he was just most genuine question right and i was that's just amazing. like i was like no i don't he's like Dude, that I could never do that. I was like, yeah, like it's hard sometimes. Or like I'm saving myself for marriage, and it's like it's not hard for me to do that. Like it's just being normal. Like yeah, sometimes yeah. it's hard. Like I get tempted. Um, totally. But I think we'd be like so afraid. Like no, I'm a Christian. Of course I don't. It's like well, don't be weird. Just like be <laughs> yeah, yourself. Yeah. It's like <laughs> totally. Um, and those bring me joy actually because like that's what I'm made for to be around that, to be around those questions, to share the gospel in those places. So I think wait for the Lord to open the door. Keep praying for your family members and friends. And don't compromise to them. That's the big thing. Like if they're starting yeah. to get drunk or drink too much or do something that you know is against you, don't try to fit into them in the name of reaching them. Because when you become like them, you aren't going to stand out any- to them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so good, bro. I think when in terms of when it comes to building or sharing your faith, um, when you're in relationships, I think equity matters. Like I think yeah. you have to build equity with people or they're not going to hear you. Like – it's one thing to be a random person and have an encounter with someone on the street that is divine and it has that has something on it. But when you're around people, they want to know you care about them and you're like are loving them and walking and doing life with them because you genuinely love them, not because you're trying to push an agenda. Yeah. Because you're trying to get a message across. Like I never want people at my CrossFit gym, at my coffee shops, at my non-believer friends to think that I'm only their friend because I'm just trying to get them saved. Like 
I'm their so friend because I, I love them because Jesus loves them. Like Jesus sat down and had dinner with sinners and tax collectors. Like Jesus yeah. built relationship. He built foundation. He built equity so that when he could reveal the kingdom of heaven to them, they had meaning behind it because they go, this person cares about me. Like this person showed up when I, no one else showed up for me when I needed help. This person showed up for me and served me. This person did all these things for the oh, last two years. And they hung out with me and they did all the things and they weren't getting drunk when I was getting drunk and they drove me home when I was. And they did, yeah. you know, they did all these things that showed equity and love that laid the foundation for you to share, to share the gospel genuinely. Cause it so can good. come off empty. It's so good. And like, bro, realistically, no one likes being someone else's project. It's like, yeah. you don't want to feel like a project. And it's like, and if you're trying to get a testimony out of it too, it's like that sucks too. Then they feel like a project. And then you like <laughs> totally. disappoint two years later, they didn't get saved. You feel disappointed. It's like the only reason you disappointed was because your goal was salvation instead of loving them. Because if it was love, yeah. you succeeded. And that's where, this is what I'll say too of like, if discipling non-believers, like say that person gets born again, I would say is the biggest way to grow as a believer. If you want to grow as a believer, start discipling somebody that just got born again. Yeah. But that's the other side of it. Like once one of these people get led to the Lord, that's not plugging them into a discipleship group. It's you discipling them. Now you get to lead them, which helps grow you in turn. But like Caden said, I think just, just doing life around them. It's not a project. It's just you genuinely love them. And how do yeah. you do that? It's empathy, essentially, which is like a key word in like culture right now. But it's remembering what it was like to live in shame, sin, and condemnation. Yeah. If you can do that, you can love people around you. Like, I remember what it was like to wake up in shame and sin every day. Like, I remember the feeling and be like, man, I wish I could be free. I've never forgotten that, nor do I ever want to. Because I'm like, that's, I I often remember that of like, man, that's this individual, even if they aren't saying it, they're waking up like that every day. And I get to love them and potentially offer them a better way. And that's where doing life with them is so important, eating meals. And can you relate to them outside of church? And that's the thing I think the Christians, especially myself, struggle with sometimes because I'm always around believers. So it's like I can't sit down and be like, how was church on Sunday? Or what do you think <laughs> about what Madhu's message? Or what do you think about yeah. Mike Todd doing this? It's like we have to be able to actually be normal and relate to them. Totally. Um, so are we able to do that? And that's where it's good to get outside of our comfort zone and be like, can I actually relate? Can I go out for a meal and not try to preach to them but just be friends with them? Yeah, hang out, have fun. Exactly. Make jokes, you know, like live your exactly. life, live your life in a way that they look to your life and see your life, but they don't feel condemned by your life. Amen. We need more people like you and I that are like younger, style, cool. We like life. I just gassed us both up. But it's like, <laughs> why? Because it's like, it shows that you can be normal. Yeah. Love culture, love the way you dress, love all these different things and love the Lord. Because yeah. there's this like stigma that like to share the gospel, you have to be this like older person that's like out of touch with culture and you can't be in culture. And I'm like, that's the idea that has to break down anyone listening to this, whatever sphere you called into, don't leave that sphere, but rather just live in that sphere of society and begin to share the gospel. Because those people might never come to church. They might never hear me communicate a message in church ever. Yeah. But you get to be with them every day. That's why I'll rather champion you. Whatever sphere you call to entertainment, government, business, teachers, like you are going to reach people every day that I'm never reaching. So we can never think of our jobs as less important. Yeah. I think it's equally as important. There's no secondhand or B callings in the kingdom. Everyone's called to the best of what God's given them. 
And that's why I encourage any listener, you are God's plan A. You are his hands and feet. This is a crazy thought just for a moment because I know I'm preaching, but just think about how crazy this is for a second. Jesus is on earth. He's like, I'm going to go. His disciples get sad. Um, and then he makes this statement. It is actually better for me to go. Yeah. So this, I've been pondering this thought and I can't really wrap my head around it. But Bro, that's God, so crazy. I have been thinking about this for the last four days too. That's insane. Really? Okay, yes. So like, just try to, like people listening, just try to track with me. The God of the universe, the Godhead, the full Godhead, not a piece, comes in human form, puts himself inside human flesh, lives on the earth, all the miracles, all the multiplication of bread, dead people being raised, blind eyes open, blood stopping, all of these crazy miracles. He's literally transforming the world. And then he makes this bizarre statement where he goes, hey, it's actually a better plan for me to go because if I go, you can have the Holy Spirit, which means this. God thought it was more effective for myself, Caden, and each one of you listening to share the gospel than for Jesus to stay on earth and do what he was doing. Insane. That's such a mind-boggling idea. He thought it was more effective for him to live in me, to live in Caden, to live in each one of you, and us share the gospel. Why? Because what one person was doing limited by flesh in Jesus, think about what millions could do with him living inside of them. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about. He lives in us and he wants to move through us to encounter his lost kids. It's so good, dude. It's such an insane thought when you think about it that way and you go, like, Jesus himself understood how much more beneficial the Holy Spirit would be for us and the advancement of his kingdom with him, with God, not on earth. You know, like, with Jesus himself, gone. Like, God said it would be better if... The Holy Spirit was here instead of Jesus. Like Dylan was saying, we are equipped, empowered with the Holy Spirit, with God living inside of us, with our oneness with Christ. That alone should give you freedom and a perspective and an understanding to champion you into loving the people around you in a way that leads them to Jesus. Powerful, bro. And I mean, Scripture says the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of us. That's an so, also insane thought. So that Spirit, like someone's dead for three days in a grave, no life, that same power that came in and raised him. So like that power is living in us. So when we leave the house in the morning to go to the gym or to work, we aren't going alone. We aren't going into this big, dark world where we might survive or we have to wait till he comes back. No, no, we call to thrive and advance his kingdom. Yeah. And the reason, have you ever wondered when you got born again, why did he not just take you straight up to heaven? There's a reason he left you on earth. It's and it's found at the end of Mark to go into all the world, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons. These signs will go after those who believe. You and I are believers. So that power lives in us. And the reason that we hear the privilege that we have is to advance his kingdom. Yeah. And that has to be seen as a privilege. Absolutely. It absolutely is too. To be adopted into the kingdom, grafted in, be an heir to the throne, be the righteousness of Christ Jesus, comes with the privilege and the authority to love other people, to share the gospel. It's not a burden for us. It shouldn't be. And we're not doing it alone, like Dylan said. I think, it, I think yeah. too, like we're, we're talking right now about like we go from the stranger to the friend, the unbeliever friend. Let's talk about our believer friends. Like let's talk about the friends around us that we can share our go- the, the gospel with, we can share Jesus with to help them deepen their faith, to help them have a different awareness of Holy Spirit, to help them renew their minds, to lead them into more of what God has for them. Because I think we all we all know 
believers that are on different walks, different parts of their journey with Jesus, and they may have different understandings, which makes them live differently. So, Dale, what do you what since you are around church people a lot, you're around who people who would consider themselves believers. How do you continue to disciple, love, grow, teach, push, encourage, and share Jesus with those people? I love that, bro. That's that's a great question, which I'm trying to figure out. Obviously, how to do more and more of every day, but I think. Number one, more is caught than taught. So we have to like yeah. live the life first. People aren't looking for you to preach a sermon or tell them something. I'm like, if I can just burn and live my life with character and convictions, um, people notice that. People, I think, doing life and realizing more and more, there's like a long, there's like a long plan or like a long term game where people are watching your life. They might be watching it and, and and not saying anything in the moment. A year or two pass, and they come. They're like, hey, I've been watching you. Like this is. This is like where the rubber hits the road for them. They kind of yeah. know where to go when that moment totally. happens. But I think for me, like surround yourself with people that are burning. Um, I make sure I'm around people that make me want to love God more, that, that make me want to encourage people more, that I leave more encouraged. And I think even people listening, just make sure that you leave your friends wanting to love him more. If you're leaving your friends always battling and like, oh, do I want to compromise? Do I not want to compromise? You probably need a new inside circle. Um, yeah. You can pray and ask the Lord for that for sure. But I think living out the gospel, finding people that really inspire you and do life that way. Because some, like a lot of Christians or what we would consider nominal Christians, like they might profess their faith, but they might not have that intimacy with him. Yeah. And you burning or you being an example can really change that for them. Like whether it's you spending time in the secret place or praying for somebody on the streets, like being that example to them is huge. Um, and yeah, I'll just encourage people, never compromise for the people around you don't compromise on your convictions find it within scripture like what is what is the christian life when it comes to scripture and i think that's that's huge like there's people that know i won't compromise on certain topics so they would like literally won't invite me to certain things and i'm totally fine with that because i'm like i'm i'm not willing to compromise on what i believe jesus paid for me to be free from even if other believers are totally. that's not a, i'm not willing to do that and that can obviously people become offended i think freedom offends people holiness offends people so if everyone's always like loving everything you're doing something might be wrong in a way like i'm not looking for that but of course like living free is going to offend people people are going to be like oh you're religious it's so interesting like you won't get drunk or something people like you're religious i'm like bro it's like literally in scripture like yeah yeah (laughs) read the bible (laughs) if like being religious means i don't get drunk i'm religious call me religious then Um, totally so yeah that's going to come with the territory People are going to yeah. be upset. People at times are going to call you different things. But you, ultimately, you have to know the truth for yourself. What are your yeah, thoughts, I, though, bro? I'd love to hear yours, too. Yeah, I think, um, like I said earlier, like I said briefly, like I think your life has to, your life as a believer, when you make the decision like, hey, I want to encourage the believers in my friend, in my friend group, the nominal Christians, like Dylan just explained, like I want to encourage these people to step further into what Jesus has for them. When you realize that, then you start to realize what your life can be for them. It, your life, your life can be a lighthouse. Like your life can be the the city on the hill that people are looking to. And you see a city on a hill, uh, you see it. You look into the distance, and you can see something higher. You can see something above, and you can see another way. And I think your life has to be like Dylan. So is so good at showing, and he just explained, has to be somebody's other way. Like your mm-hmm. life has to give someone a way out, a new path. Like your life, when you live and you're with your friends, 
you have to be the guy at the party at the the wherever you are at the restaurant with your friends that goes oh Cade's not getting drunk so I won't be the only one mm-hmm. and I can do that you know or like your life needs to be the person where there's someone can pull a chair up next to you at dinner and go hey I have a, like a faith question you know like that your life has to be that and that is only can come out of an intimate relationship with Jesus and a genuine life and a genuine um a genuine renewal of your mind that allows you to live in a way that's different because your life can be the way that someone is able to transition and move their life out of what they are and how they view things into what they can see as a new way. So and, good. Bro. And that is, that is simply with, by living with integrity, by having character, by praying and asking Holy spirit to manifest the fruits of him through your life. Like, hey, Jesus, I'm about to walk into a room, and Holy Spirit, I just need self-control. Yeah. Holy Spirit, I just need a little bit more joy. I just need a little bit more peace. And allow Holy Spirit to equip you in those areas to love on those people and, and give them the alternative and give them the option. And you never know how your life can mark somebody else when you're around them. You really don't. So true, bro. And that's so good. The one thing I would add that I guess is a nuance to the fact that they're believers in this third like category that we're talking about is there is a place for us to call each other higher. And that's totally and we have to remember that as believers. Like if I was getting drunk, for instance, which I don't, but if I was, I would expect Caden to say something to me. Absolutely. Not, not what I like. I would expect him to yeah. as a believer. Not because he's a leader, as a believer. He is a leader, but as a believer. So we go, no, only leaders can confront. That's not what the scripture says. No. If your brother is in sin, you yeah. go to him. If he doesn't repent, you bring some leaders or more people to help correct. So there's a place for your people because as a believer, we submit to scripture. So make sure your confrontation is based on scripture, but there comes yeah. a place. And what the confrontation looks like is, hey, bro, I know you better than this. Yeah. Like, I know this good. isn't who you are. I'm not pushing yeah. you down. I'm calling you higher. My goal is yep. not to condemn you. Hey, yeah. so... If a friend gets drunk, but it's like, oh, hey, bro, the scripture says we're not to get drunk. You're a new creation. That's not who you are. You don't need that anymore. You're a man yeah. of God. You're loved by God. You love him. We don't need that anymore. I know that's not who you are. So we can't be living like that anymore. Now I've just called them to a higher standard. Now you go, what if my friend doesn't agree? That's on them. Totally. But we actually have a responsibility as believers to have those conversations with someone who's a believer. And that can help bring somebody into freedom. Now, that's coming from someone who hates conflict. Like, <laughs> yeah. the fact that I'm preaching, like, you know, it's Lord, I would rather cut somebody off than confront them. Totally. Like, yeah. I am the lead. I hate conflict with everything inside of me. But if you love somebody, can you truly say you love if you don't confront? Based on the yeah. life of Jesus, I would say no. Because he's perfect love, yet he's rebuking people, which means without rebuking or correction, you can't perfectly love. Yeah. I, I agree with you, bro. I think there is the place and the necessary um, times to do that because there is sometimes where believers, and the same goes to you. Like if I was out of pocket, I have an expectation that there's there's Dylan, there's our friend Tracy, there's people yeah. around me that if they're not calling me out, they're not loving me. Yeah. Like if they're not coming to me and going, Caden, you are 100% out of pocket. And we say this because we have equity in your life. We love you. We're, we're brothers in Christ. We run together, and you're out of pocket, dude. Because it, and, and the end of that is it's not who you are. And when yeah. you go to approach someone that way, you call out who they are. I think it's always best to call yeah. out 
who they are than to call them what you know is not true of who they are. So you, if you're calling, you're, you're a sinner, dude. Why are you sinning? Why are you being – you're like, no, man. You're the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Come on. That's like you're, so good. You, Paul calls you a saint, bro. You're a saint. You don't need yeah. to live this way. It's not who you are. And reminding people of who they are gives them, again, freedom and authority to live in who they are. Because yeah, so often people are just waiting for that conversation. Nobody calls people out. Nobody talks in that little conversation there. And even if they don't repent, I've seen this. I call somebody higher. They don't respond. But like a month later, they suddenly respond. Totally. It's like those conversations have more an effect than we realize. And we are doing an injustice to the people around us if we aren't calling them out. Now, of course, people yeah. are on a journey and different stuff. But to allow someone to live in sin and to not at least call them higher um, is almost doing them an injustice. Totally. And I think, so like, maybe the last thing on this thought, it's like, I, I really believe that generationally we've started to become afraid of calling sin sin. Yeah. Like we have. We've just become a little bit, like, a little bit afraid to call people out when they're sinning, to, to label some things in our culture as sin. Um, because a lot of people go, well, I don't feel like I'm sinning. You know, it doesn't feel like sin. But that's not what, that's not what sin is. The definition of sin was not was not given by us. It was given by God. And exactly. our job is to uphold the definition of what he has claimed as sin, as sin. And we have to be bold enough and believe enough to call that out. Because if you don't believe enough, if you don't have faith enough, if you don't say, okay, I am going to align my life with the truth, the full truth of the gospel. I'm not going to pick and choose. I'm going to align with the full truth. Then you have to say, that means I'm going to have to call some things sin. That other people aren't calling sin. That means I'm going to have to be bold and talk about things that other people aren't talking about. And that's the that's part of the mark of sharing the gospel is saying like, hey, man, that's sin. You don't yep. need to be doing that. And I think for some people, they may have never heard in their life that what they were doing was sin. And someone, they might just need to go, wait, it's that's sin? Like, yeah, bro, that's sin. That's not who you are. Oh, shoot. Yeah, well, it's I like this was just a moral gray area. I didn't know. Yeah, exactly. You know, or just like offering a better way, even exactly what he's yeah. saying of like, hey, like that substance or whatever might be giving you temporary satisfaction. But what if I told you there was something that wasn't temporary satisfaction? That's totally. essentially what we're doing. But unless we know something's temporary, how how are we going to want something that's eternal? And yeah. I think I think that's the answer. And if somebody disagrees with me, I can still be their friend. They yeah. might not be in my inner circle. If someone's in the practice of sin, they probably aren't going to be in my like, like my closest circle because I want to be yeah. around people that are making me better. Totally. But I'm still going to keep a relationship with them. I'm still going to walk a journey with them. But I'm at least going to have them know where I stand on the topic. Absolutely. And like you said, if they choose not to listen or to get upset with you or to cut you out of their life, it's on them. Yeah. You know, and you don't need to carry carry that burden. Okay, last thought. We're going 48 minutes. Usually I, I cut it. these things so fast at 30, but we got Dylan Long on the podcast, everybody. It's a big we got day. The, we've got the bishop on, eh? The bishop, Nor eh? Norway, we've Arr, got the bishop Arr. on. Dude, this is funny. The other day I was I was getting um, laundry out of the dryer, and I dropped yeah. laundry on the floor, and I go, or nor, the clothes are on the floor. <laughs> and, then, and I go, I literally say out loud, I'm like, that sounds just like Dylan. <laughs> You guys are ridiculous, bro. The other day, someone again, hey, what's it like in Australia? <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, oh, it's so funny. For listeners, ever since I've known Dylan, I've told people he's Australian just to mess with him, and it's starting to stick, and so I think I need to stop. 
No, I mean, it's just people have been doing that ever since I moved to the States. You just jumped on the bandwagon, which which I love for us. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm the one that told you. People always mistake me as Australian. I should have never told Caden that that just put gasoline on the fire. Exactly. Dylan shared an insecurity, and I chose to exploit it. So it's good friendship. My biggest insecurity. So <laughs> I'm kidding. That was a joke. That's not biggest insecurity is being called Australian. It's like, dude, that's actually great. If that's your yeah, my life's insecurity. really good. I'm not insecure yeah, at all. You're doing fantastic. I'm pretty insecure because my biggest insecurity is probably I feel like I'm too good looking. I feel like it makes other people insecure. Yeah, you know, it's just like ugh, I feel like a burden in, in rooms. Yeah, it makes me insecure. Yeah, oh, guys, we're joking by the way. If you, yeah, know, was, if you can't pick up, if you can't pick up sarcasm. It's called, yeah, look it up. There's a definition online. Okay, last thing. This scripture says, um, and I, I'm going to be honest, I can't tell you which verse because I didn't write down the numbers, but it says, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? And um, I just want to address this fast, and we'll end this podcast. It's been almost an hour, which will be the longest podcast to date. Shout out to long-winded dudes on a podcast. Yep. I think there's a lot of people, like Dylan he addressed early on in this podcast that say, I'm just not sent. I'm just not called to share. I'm just not that guy. I'm not a pastor. You know, I'm not, I don't work in ministry. Let's, let's talk about that for a bit. Let's break down that a bit. And uh, then let's, let's wrap this thing up. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm super passionate about this because I grew up in the church my whole life with all the excuses. So you listening, I know what it's like. Like, I'm not bold. I'm not an evangelist. So I'll hit those two topics briefly. The evangelist thing in Ephesians 4 says he gave prophets, pastors, evangelists, apostles, teachers. So we go, okay, I'm not an evangelist. The very next verse is for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So the reason he gave evangelists were to teach everybody how to evangelize. Um, So if you aren't called to be an evangelist, all that means is you aren't called to teach. Everyone's called as a believer to win souls. Mark yeah. 16, go into all the world and preach the gospel. If you're a believer, these signs will go after you. So not if you're a pastor or leader, but if you're a believer, these signs will go after you. So that's for each one of us. Like if you aren't healing the sick, you're missing out because it's available to you as a believer. If yeah, you aren't casting yeah. out demons, it's available to you. These aren't my opinions. It's very clear in Mark 16. Um, wow. And then the boldness comment to me. So in Proverbs, it says, um, the wicked runs when no one pursues them, but the righteous are as bold as lions. So boldness doesn't come from a personality type. I used to be extremely shy, quote unquote. Boldness comes from an understanding of righteousness. Yeah. The the bold, the righteous are as bold as lions. When you understand you're loved by God, you stop caring what people think. So my so invitation good. today would be number one, every believer is called to win souls. That's biblical. You can look for yourself. You can find it within scriptures. Hermeneutically throughout the whole scriptures, that's biblical. So then let's lay down the excuses that we carry, including myself, I'm too busy or I'm not bold. Let's lay those down and go, Holy Spirit, who's called the helper, help me to get free and help me to share the gospel. I think step number one is laying down the excuse because you are called and then beginning to ask for help. But so often we put up these excuses that people might buy, but they aren't biblical. So that would be my advice. Like you call to share it. Um, Lay down the excuses today and go on a journey with the Holy Spirit. It's a fun journey. Like seeing God move is fun. It's It's scary at times, but you'll never walk on the water unless you get out of the boat. So good. So it's It's like Peter can want to walk, but it's like until he steps out of the boat. And yes, he got a bit wet, but I'd rather be wet in the water than drying in the boat. I'd rather step out and make some mistakes, get wet, then sit back and wish I'd done more. So 
it's fun. Absolutely. Enjoy the journey, guys. Like, yeah. preaching the gospel, words of knowledge, learning to hear God's voice, healing the sick is such a good time. Yeah, it's fun. Like, I think, yeah, just we can enjoy it. And I think you experience the joy of the Lord in those times. The, I think, Dill, that was so good. I won't add anything to that except this one thing. I think Please. the lie that you tell yourself or that the enemy whispers to you that you're not qualified to share the gospel comes out of fear. And I think it's fully a fear thing. And when, like what Dylan said, like when you care about what man thinks of you, you'll be bound by it. But when you care about what Jesus thinks of you, you'll be liberated by it. So good. And so what you need to do is spend more time in the presence of God. Know your Bible better. Know Jesus better. Like actually him, not religion, actually Jesus better. And you'll be liberated into being able to share the gospel with people who need to hear it. Yeah. And that's the last thing I'll say. Dylan, bro, I love you so much, dude. For real, you are, and when we talk about this all the time, I'll just gas you up real fast. You are one of the greatest men of God in my life I've ever met, one that I have prayed for to be in my life, a brother to the end, and I just honor you. I love you so much. Your friendship to me is genuinely sacred. Like, if anyone ever tried to touch it, I would fight them. I love you so much, bro, and thank you for coming on, dude. For real, you're just, you're a brother to me, and I love you so much. Thank you so much, bro. It's a privilege. I feel the same way. Like I said in the beginning, your friendship's an answer to prayer. And I'm glad we get to run this together because we aren't meant to do it alone. And I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your obedience and starting this podcast. And I love my time together. And to everyone listening, I love you. And have a good time. Enjoy sharing the gospel. Enjoy the journey. It's fun. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, we love you listeners so much. Um, you will see Uncle Dylan back on this podcast very soon. we got some plans to do some other stuff. Um, this is basically your uncle that you will see on Easter and Christmas, and uh, so get used to this guy. So we love you guys. Have a great uncle. rest, uh, Uncle. Uncle Dylan. <laughs> uncle Dilly out here. Guys, have a great rest of your week. We love you. We'll see you in the next one. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.